Listener Production. Hello, Lindsay. Hello, Jacob. How are you? How was your week? I am very, very well and very excited to be back in a studio once again. Feels like we never left. I know. Time continues to speed up and up and up. And here we are in October it's crazy. of 2022. We've only got three months left of the year, which means three months left of this bizarre trilogy of years, 2020, 21 and 22. Mm-hmm. Um, we're building to a climax. We're building to a crescendo. Something Anything big's could coming. Yep. There's going to be a really, really huge finish. And I kind of can't wait to see what it is. And I hope it's nothing too horrific. Um, we've got a fantastic episode this week with a very special guest. Emma Malik. Emma Malik, who has um, a very unique job, such a unique job. She is the only person in the world who's chosen this particular career path um, as a certain type of slashy. You're going to hear all about that. Anything that stuck with you from this episode and what Emma was telling us about? I think the takeaway message is just respect the animals. Oh, agreed. We don't know what they're thinking. We don't know what they're planning. They're coming for us eventually. (laughs) Maybe that's the end of 2022. (laughs) That's the crescendo. (laughs) While we can make our peace with them, whilst we still have time left on this planet, I think it's in our interest to do so. Yeah, that's it. Agreed. Powerful, important message. (laughs) Yeah. Enjoy the episode, everyone. Have fun. It's been a while since we had someone drinking bird in hand. Oh, is it bird in hand? It is. Oh, I don't know. Am I worthy? Rosie's here with us right now. This is for Rosie. Cheers, Rosie. On her behalf. Oh, absolutely. Cheers, Liz. Shall we? Shall we? Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Just The Gist, a weekly-ish podcast in which ordinarily Rosie Waterland and I, Jacob Stanley, give you just the gist of what you need to know about a story we think you'll find interesting enough to share at a dinner party. As we all know, Rosie is still taking a bit of time to look after her health and so we've got some extra special guest hosts who've been coming on board. And this week we've got a really special treat for you guys because for the first time we've got a guest who's going to be telling me a story and we also have a guest who has one of the most interesting career paths I think you'll ever have heard about. Please welcome to the microphone, Miss Emma Malik. <laughs> Emma, welcome to Just the Gist. Thank you so much. Thrilled to have you on board. Oh, I'm so excited. Terrified, but excited. Okay. Well, that's a, <laughs> All the emotions. A great combination <laughs> to be sitting there just fizzing away. Um, we would love to kick off by hearing a bit about uh, who you are, what you do. Please give mm. us just the gist of Emma Malley. Oh, just the gist. So I, I have two jobs. I'm an animal trainer and a comedian. <laughs> Absolutely, like everyone. <laughs> I know. The world's first. So I, We've Googled world's it. Only. It seems like I am. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel a bit of a wanker saying like, you know, I, I'm the only animal training comedian out there. But actually there's doesn't seem to be anyone else, which I don't blame them. Like both jobs are weird and put them together. It's it's mm. like a weirder one. So, But the animal training came first. Uh-huh. So I, yeah, I've been at animal training for like 20 years now. Uh-huh. I don't know what you're thinking. You look too young. Thank you so, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, no, but I've been doing it, yeah, f- gosh, since I was 17. Mm. And the, the comedy started about seven years or so ago. Mm-hmm. And... It, they originally were very separate jobs mm-hmm. and now they have merged together. 
And so I imagine you've got a whole stack of wacky stories about animals you've trained over the years. Yeah. Could you give us a couple of your favourites before we jump in? Oh, look, I've somehow ended up becoming like one of the specialists in animal masturbation. (laughs) (laughs) Lucky you. I know, right? Like, she's single, but God, does she know about animals masturbating? probably why she's single. Um, no, it's crazy. So, like, I mean, you know, I've seen a lot of, of animal dick. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> not in, like, you know, not like I'm not, I'm not desperate. I'm just single. <laughs> um, just, yeah, no, just uh, I remember one job I worked on. So I started off my career training animals with film and television, and I had this tiny miniature horse, mm. and I was on set, and it was a stallion, and it decided to show us its fifth leg um, <sighs> on a children's a children's TV show, oh. a chil- like the tiny children, Mm-mm. and this Mm-mm. horse just got its dick, and it was so it was such a tiny horse and such a big dick, <laughs> and it just almost touched the ground. And I was seventeen, right? I was just like, "What the hell?" Like this was like one of my first professional jobs, and my my boss was like, "Tap it back in." Ah. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, I looked at her across the set. I was like, what do you mean tap it back in? And she marched on over. She was like this five foot two British lady, marched on over, do, 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 got, got the little lead rein and literally whacked the horse's dick. <gasps> oh, that's cruel. Oh. I don't know. The horse seemed to enjoy it. Oh, oh. <laughs> he, oh. he was into that thing. You <laughs> reached climax. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Oh. Let's just say children oh. had questions. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. But yeah, no, I've had like I've I've had um, to to train like a, a dugong that enjoyed masturbating, and I had to I had to make a sex toy for it, um, and I had to to train it an emergency recall in case someone fell in the tank because you did not want to die <gasps> as a dugong, you know. Play. Plaything because oh, no. I know it was three hundred kilos. Like that was all in proportion. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was a big dick. Uh, so yeah, I built a dugong sex toy with um, you know the rubber mat that you wipe your feet on. Oh, he loved that. Oh, oh yeah, he Is that loved. What you the, made the toy. Out I of? made the toy six foot rubber mat. It's and called fingertip rubber. Yourself? Well, it didn't take too much designing. I just bought it off Amazon. Look at us talking about dicks and oh, you're drinking bird in hand. It's I, like Rosie's here with us in the oh, room. I'm do- I hope I'm doing it justice. I've Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> Any other stories that are non-masturbation related that you'd like to tell us about? No. <laughs> no, just that. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I think, well, I mean, it's, it's a bit, I suppose, interesting that I'm back in a studio because the first time I was in a studio was for ABC Drive Time Radio. They had me on as an animal expert. Now I just started comedy then. And I didn't, at that point, I hadn't merged the two together. So now when I do TV or radio, they introduce me as, you know, Emma Malik, she's a, a comedian, an animal trainer. Like, people are aware what they're listening to. But this was just Emma Malik, our expert animal trainer. So I'm there mm. answering. It's live radio, drive time. Um, it's all across, I think it was Victoria, New South Wales, and South Australia. And I'm, people are phoning in. I'm answering questions. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I get this... Um, this this call that comes in, I recognise the voice, and it's a comedian friend of mine, and I'm like, aha, <laughs> he's got a really distinct voice, and he was like, oh yeah, Emma, my uh, my daughter's rabbit, it's just destroying the furniture, and I signal to the host, mm. it's okay, I know him. Mm-hmm. But don't tell the bloody audience mm. that are listening because it's radio. Mm, they can't see me signaling going, it's fine, don't worry what I'm about to say. And I said, hey, Richard, have you thought about just eating your rabbit? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did the people 
have issues with that. <laughs> the phones lit the up. The phones lit. <laughs> and the worst thing was, Richard went along with the gag. Mm. The host was just like mortified. He was like, what's happening? But I'm not going to stop this. This is great. What, like, what's going on here? I just went off. You think you would stop at that? No, no, no. I went then to recite live on air a recipe for rabbit stew. <laughs> <laughs> And if that, as a vegetarian, I'm surprised you know that. I thought of a gamekeeper. I ate rabbit as a kid. And then I went on. The worst bit was, I don't know why I said this. I was like, well, Richard, if your daughter doesn't want to, if you don't want to eat it, just pull its teeth out. <gasps> why would I say that? Why would I say, like, even as a joke, that's not funny. That's, that's terrible. It's a monstrous thing to do. The phone's really lit up there. And Stephanie, the vet, she had an issue with that. Oh, God. She was terrible. And then I ended it, just literally, I ended the thing, be like, well, Richard, you know. Oh, no, that's it. The host, this is how I got the name of my show. The host then went to Emma. This is live on air. Emma, what you're saying is if you can't train it, eat it. And I went, yes. That's exactly what I'm saying. Took off the headphones. And off I walked out. And then it dawned on me. I was like, oh. I've just been cancelled. <laughs> What did I do? <laughs> but it gave me a great story, great show. Yes, I made people upset, but I did have some people who listened to that come to my stand-up and they said to me afterwards, they were like, yeah, we were so confused. We're like driving in our cars. And this lovely English lady was telling us to eat the rabbit <laughs> after she gave us great advice. And I was like, okay, so I've learned that lesson then. So yeah, that was my first media appearance. <laughs> I love imagining handwritten letters coming into the ABC for the weeks afterwards from people complaining about you. Mm. The worst thing was it was my friend Sally who got me the gig, who was a producer. And poor thing, I stepped out of that studio, that recording booth, and there she was answering the phones. And all I heard her saying was, yep, yep, it's not funny to pull out rabbit's teeth. Okay, yep. (laughs) Like it just, just poor thing. I was like, I am so sorry. That was a proper stupid move. I've lesson learned. All right, and Emma, we have been asking all of our guests Mm. to play a little game of two truths and a lie so we can get to know them a little bit better. So you're going to tell us three statements about yourself and Lindsay and I are going to try to guess which of the three statements is the lie and which are the truth. Okay. All right. So I was born in Australia. My first job was training pigs. I only became a comedian because I was dared to. Uh-huh. All right, Lindsay, I'm going to let you go first because I reckon I've got a bit of an unfair advantage here. Okay, I am going to say that your first job was training pigs is a lie just based on the horse story from earlier. I think the lie is that you were born in Australia. I think there's every possibility that you might have started off training pigs and I do believe if I remember correctly that your first ever foray into stand-up was an open mic night that someone did dare you to do so I think that's true and I think the pigs are true so I'm backing born in Australia is the lie Jacob you're correct you won the prize I am on a hot streak the horse was in the pig job Ah, of yeah, course. yeah. So it's a BBC movie called The Legend of the Tamworth Two. It was um, the story, <laughs> the story of two pigs. It's based on a true story of two big pigs that escaped from the abattoir. Uh huh. Um, you can, I'm sure, find it somewhere on t- internet. But it was done like in Babe. It was like the pigs were talking, and that was my first 
job. So I had to work with the horse, but also pigs. That was the initial animal that I trained. These gorgeous little piglets who who never got slaughtered or anything at the end because that'd be bad publicity. They went to this beautiful free range farm mm. after. And I'm not just saying this to bluff the listeners. Like it generally had mm. a beautiful, happy ending. Um, yeah, that was my first job, training pigs for the BBC. And no, I came over here originally... 2005 as a backpacker and got sponsored in 2011 as a dog trainer. I'm a citizen now. And uh, yeah. And I did get dared to do stand-up. That was a drunken dare. It was meant to be a one-off. Very cool. And do you have any shows coming up in the next little while? So uh, just lots of little ones mm-hmm. at the moment. I've just been very busy with animals. So I haven't been able to do any solo shows um, this year. Um, but possibly next year. So just just for social media, follow Mm-hmm. which is emma.malik.comedian, which I kind of regret. I hate having comedian in my social name, but nah, there it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, lots of lots of little shows coming up. Um, now, when I reached out to you about um, what theme of story you might mm-hmm. like to enjoy this week, you suggested that you might like to tell me and Lindsay a story when you come on in, um, something animal-related, and you told us the... M- most minimal amount of information. Mm. Neither Lindsay or I knew anything about it. Um, and so we were fascinated to learn more. Neither of us had, have done any form of Googling. And um, you've kindly volunteered to tell us all about this story, which I believe is to do with dolphins. And I mean, the last dolphin story we did was very <laughs> oh, I remember sexually that one. charged. See, masturbating Margaret again. And Peter. Yeah. Mm. yeah, Peter. Yeah, no, it's a thing. Oh, he didn't have to masturbate. He oh, that's heard right. A <laughs> he had to yeah. him. I've never, and I will never go down. No. No. Let's just blank that from our minds. Yeah. Um, so, whenever you're ready, mm. you can go ahead and take yeah. it. Yeah. Can I just say that? Me thing? volunteering to tell a story is just a very British thing of me. Just, you know, just didn't want to put didn't want to put anyone out. I just, you know, I didn't necessarily be like, do you know what I want it? I want to tell a story. I was just more, well, you know, if you're very busy, I can, you know, if it would help. You know, I didn't think I should be doing it. Um, but here we are. Here we are. It's happening. And then you tell me I'm the first guest to tell a story. So Fuck. May the force be with you. Yeah, I'm the experiment. All it's right. It's going to be great. Off we go. So I've got to ask you guys, Lindsay Jacob, what do you know mm. about animals in the military in general? What's, what's, <laughs> your, what's, your, what's your knowledge? I would have thought that it starts and ends with horses. I know that people used to ride horses into warfare. <laughs> that was the whole notion of the cavalry and I... And elephants, there we go. Yes, yes. elephants were used in war, absolutely to scare people and trample on them. And you're right about the horses, Mm. cavalry, riding them. Lindsay, what about you? My only knowledge is that dog, I think in Ukraine a couple of months ago, who was sniffing out bombs. Oh, the little Jack Russell cute thing. That was a cute little thing. Didn't hear about that. Yeah. That's all I know. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, we've covered three animals. Um, Horses and elephants no longer used, Mm. not necessary to use them. Although I would like to see a pride of elephants just get him, get him Putin, yeah, get him Putin. I would, can you imagine? That's the way he goes. Bloody fabulous! How did Putin die? Dumbo. <laughs> Dumbo got him. That was it. Oh God, we slow clapped that elephant out. Well done, sir. But you're right. Dogs. Dogs are still used. So dogs are used to detect. Um, landmines, like he said, you know, back in the old days, they were used to ferry messages, so they're, they're used to guard military bases. So, yeah, dogs are still very much used. Um, camels used to be used uh-huh. as well, for kind of similar to horses. 
Um, pigeons carrying messages. Oh, they, yeah. Yeah, yeah, pigeons. They they were. Yeah, look at the Lindsay. Yeah, I remember the pigeons. Yeah, yeah. they were used as well. Um, rats. Do you know rats are currently used? Oh, how? Well, I just, again, I don't want to go too much. I feel it's like a whole other episode going here. But there's rats. So there's the African giant pouch rat mm. who is used and, well, trained to detect landmines. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. so the great thing about rats is they're easy to breed. Mm. They're kind of cheap. And they're light enough not to set off a mine. But they're super, super intelligent. I've already trained rats. So I used to train rats for movies and television. And I kid you not, they're not far off from dogs. They are so, so smart. And the great thing about the African um, pouch rat, giant pouch rat, is they live longer than the average rat. So they're kind of eight years or so is a lifespan, where the average rat is kind of like three years or so. Um, And you can train them. So these rats are trained not only to sniff out landmines, but also tuberculosis as well. (laughs) I know. There's a whole other thing. Dogs can sniff out cancer and diseases. So can rats. But the great thing is, so there, um, it's about 5 million landmines that were planted in Cambodia between 1975 and 1998. And these uh, African giant pouch rats have actually found over 108,000 wow. of these landmines. So they can search an area the size of a football field mm. in 30 minutes, oh. where it will take a human four days. Wow. Just one of the yeah. rats can yeah. do it in 30 minutes. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Mm. Like rats. And so what, they find one, just put their little hand up, oh. signal. Well, they signal. They uh-huh. signal. So they're taught and always like a little, like, kind of little dig, little scurry. But they're on like little harnesses and little leads and there's like, oh. they, they make like little grids with the wires so the mm. rats just go along and smell. And it's all about that association. So the rats associate in the TNT smell with, with food. So they're just mm. like, hunting for my food. And they're like, Roger, found it. And Roger's like, all right. Rewards the rat, scoops over. You're right. There's a landmine. Thank you. Let's deal with that. How was the first person who thought, let's see if we can get this little pouch rat to go find some? I feel I feel that's like a whole other story because it's just like, rats we associate being like dirty vermin, you know, but they, for my pet rats that I had, they were incredible. Like they were toilet trained, they were recall trained, they could retrieve stuff. I used to take them for onto movie and TV sets and they would do, they were just incredible. Okay, fascinating. Any other military animals? Yeah, well, this is one that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Dolphins in war. Combat dolphins currently, today, now, happening. <laughs> Do you know about this? No, I no. You've never heard? No, I definitely know nothing about, about it. You've never heard about dolphins no, 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 in no. combat? And it was only relatively recently that I heard someone who was a dolphin trainer talking about the fact that dolphins can be real assholes. Like we all think oh, they of them as of the playful, no. lovable um, no. animal, but no, apparently no, they're, they're a real mean streak. Yeah, yeah they're rapists, rapists of the oh. ocean. it's not a good brand (laughs) not good that's false smile Mm. no no do you know about Lindsay do you know about dolphins I have no idea about dolphins in war but I am getting this image from an Austin Powers movie did they have like sharks with laser beams on their it wasn't (laughs) dolphins that was my only reference to dolphins being something that's not like a cuddly sweet gentle mammal now, I have to, before I start this, okay, I'm not condoning dolphins in captivity. I'm not, you know, this is just 
a story that I'm going to tell you about. I'm not saying, yeah, this is, you know, the right thing to do. Let's just keep an open mind for this story. I don't want any hate mail being like, Emma, you masturbating weirdo. Just, oh, wait, I'm the masturbating weirdo? Oh, yeah, wait, whoa, let's stop this. Okay. <laughs> Shut up, Emma. Go with the story. <laughs> That's all staying in, by the way. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Excellent. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about dolphins. <clears throat> okay, so the 20th century is when uh, the US military started to kind of just have a little look into dolphins and they wanted to study them, okay? And mm. it was in the 1960s. It was in the depth of the Cold War. Jacob, do you know much about the Cold War? Russia versus the US, basically. Yeah, it was the Soviet Union. Mm. Yeah, it was post, absolutely post-World War II. Went right into, oh God, like 1991, it kind of ended. Mm. But what was happening during that time is that uh, underwater technology, like missiles, submarines, everything was getting very advanced. The US were trying to compete with the Soviet Union. And so they, what they wanted to do is they actually wanted to, to study kind of the ultimate animal of the ocean, which is dolphins. Mm. So they they started um, just looking at dolphins more, not from a training aspect, but from a, hey, how do you move and also their, their sonar capability as well. So there's two aspects uh -huh. to it. Yeah, it makes sense now. You're like, that mm. makes sense. Mm. It never started off with bottlenose dolphins, which is what commonly used now. Bottlenose dolphins are found pretty much all around the world in, in mm. warmer waters. Um, what they were studying originally was the Pacific white-sided dolphin. Mm -hmm. We all know them. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be fans of their work. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they wanted to improve tornado performance. Um, torpedo performance, mm -hmm. study underwater sonar capabilities, just to learn to design more efficient methods of detecting uh, objects underwater. Uh -huh. And then they realised during these studies, they're like, wait one moment, dolphins, more than just a pretty face, mm -hmm. they can do stuff. Uh -huh. <laughs> they were like, what the heck? You know, how have you been hiding your secrets? Mm -hmm. They're super trainable. So then what they started is they, they started to train a dolphin called Tuffy. 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 T Tuffy. Tuffy, not Tuffy, Tuffy. Fabulous uh -huh. name. Tuffy mm -hmm. the dolphin. Tuffy was the first naval dolphin. He was a bottlenose dolphin. It was 1965. Mm -hmm. And he participated in the Sea Lab 2 project. And all they wanted him to do was to carry messages from divers in the water up mm -hmm. to the surface. Mm -hmm. That's all Tuffy had to do was back and forth, carry these messages. And they were like, Tuffy, you're doing a fabulous job. This is amazing. Written messages. Yes. Okay. I'm assuming, I don't know. I'm How were they attached to Tuffy? Do you know? Yeah. Did yeah. Tuffy have a little harness? Tuffy had a harness. Oh. Tuffy had a harness. So Tuffy had a little harness. So yeah, you could tie stuff onto him and you'd give him the little signal, like Tuffy, off you go up to the surface. And mm -hmm. Tuffy'd be like, all right, off I go. And he'd be like, here's your message. Mm -hmm. I have a fish. Thank you very much. You know, go back down, here we go. So it was like kind of mobile phones for underwater. That's what Tuffy was doing. Mm -hmm. um, then they, Tuffy was like, dudes, I can do so much more than take your messages back. Like, like literally, like, mm -hmm. I'm great at what I'm doing, but I can do more. So do you, do you have any idea, guys, what the military realized through Tuffy that dolphins were actually capable of doing in military work? Take, there's no wrong answer here. I mean, there is, but we won't judge you for it. I've got a guess, but it's pretty bleak. Delivering bombs to places. Delivering bombs to places, Jacob. All right. What are you Limbs? thinking? Mine was a lot more basic. Mine was just uh, taking instructions. Oh, being secret able spy messages yeah, from A to, to B. 
Like the mm. pigeons of the water. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Pigeons of the sea. <laughs> That's how dolphins want to be referred to. Mm. Pigeons. Can you imagine telling a dolphin trainer who's been training dolphins for like 30 years? Oh, yeah, they're just pigeons of the sea. Oh, just a pigeon lady. <laughs> yeah, that's all you are, the crazy pigeon lady like out of Home Alone, um, which is my future, by the way, I've realised. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, were, they could do a bit more. So, Jacob, I mean, what you said, the whole delivering bombs is mm. a bit of a conspiracy. Uh-huh. So... It was a whole secret operation up until the 1990s. So the mm. US military didn't let out what was happening. Mm. But some whistleblowers have said that the dolphins were trained to kill. Oh. However, we'll, come, we'll circle back to that. We'll circle back to that one. So one of the main things that they still do now is mine clearance. Oh. Yeah. So they're kind of like the dogs of the, the ocean uh-huh. finding mines because they have this incredible echolocation, like solar power. So the thing with echolocation is there's nothing that has been recreated by man that is anything close to what dolphins can do. Mm. So in submarines, echolocation, it's very limited. Mm. If you, you know, it doesn't work if there's lots of other boats around echolocation or if uh, the temperature is a certain temperature. It's, it's got to be kind of pristine. Where dolphins, pff, mm. awesome. Mm-hmm. They can find teeny tiny objects where humans, we haven't been able to develop that technology yet. Mm. So these dolphins are able to be like, even if it's dug right under like in murky waters, in the mud, they're able to to use that echolocation and mm-hmm. be like, yeah, here's a mine here. On the side of the boat, there's two paddles. Mm. One means, yes, I found something, which they tap. Oh. And one means, no, I haven't. Wow. I mean, that's a, I would think, very complex thing to teach an animal. They're incredible. They're very smart. They they are so intelligent. So bottlenose dolphins from echolocation can work out the material. Mm. They can distinguish. They have been trained to distinguish between um, aluminium, copper, and brass. Oh, my gosh. I thought you were going to say, like, wood versus metal, but you mean they can actually tell the Mm -hmm. difference within the metal family. And not through sight. Through echolocation, through uh-huh. sonar, they can distinguish between shapes. So you can train a dolphin to distinguish between the difference between a circle, a square, a triangle. Through echolocation, they can distinguish between if it's the object is hollow or solid. Mm-hmm. So this isn't through their sight. This is through messages. I mean, this is just the gist, so we won't go into the whole how mm-hmm. echolocation works. But it's an incredible system of bouncing off, coming back, brain going in. Oh, this is what it is, and then picturing kind of a bit like a so um, like an ultrasound. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely incredible. So they'll signal to to the Navy personnel, like, boom, found something. Mm-hmm. Then what the Navy personnel do, assuming this is a mine, is they'll give them a little kind of like uh, tag to go. So what they'll do is a dolphin will swim down. They'll mm-hmm. tag next to the mine. It'll then kind of inflate. So then Navy divers can then go down, follow that, and deal with the mine. Wow. Isn't that like, <sighs> like you got to trust that dolphin. <laughs> And that's today or this was back this in is the today. 60s? Wow. This is today that they're doing it. So they've been using the Iraq war oh. to, to find mines. Uh-huh. Um, they've been used to clear the path for humanitarian ship mm-hmm. in one of the ports for the Iraq war that was carrying supplies needed. Oh, wow. Yeah. like, And this is all recent. Well, I say recent Iraq war, but, you know, in our time. Um, yeah, that's it. 72 hours notice. So they'll go on a boat. So uh-huh. there's like a special... Like a little tent mm-hmm. dolphin where, you know, thing where the dolphin will kind of almost like beach itself. It'll swim up and then it will 
put on the boat, it will go to the area, then it will slide off the boat, go and do its thing, and then communicate to the, the Navy personnel, yep, there's a mine, no, there's not a mine, no, this is clear, off we go. Back home. Back home. Let's talk about what you mentioned, the attacking of ships. It's true. Mm. It's real. Wow, this is the thing, Jacob. The the US military have denied it. Uh-huh. However, whistleblowers have said yes. Oh. Yes, it's true. We uh-huh. do this. So counter diver attacks, not necessarily boats, uh-huh. but diver. So if enemy divers go into uh, a port, mm. that's from the US military, that's space, dolphins are there as like guard dogs. Uh-huh. And this is it. So what they do is they, okay, this is what they do do, and then I'll tell you the conspiracy. So what they do do is if there's an enemy diver, bearing in mind dolphins can't distinguish, <laughs> they can distinguish a lot of things. They can't distinguish between friend or foe. So a di- <laughs> diver, <laughs> they're not like, oh, it's Trevor. We're fabulous. Come on in, Trevor, and give you know. And they're like, oh, Susan, boo. <laughs> just, they can't tell who's who. So what they do is... <laughs> How could that possibly go wrong? How could it go wrong? So what they have been trained to do, which the US military have confirmed, is that the dolphin will swim along to a to a diver and attach kind of like um, a buoy on, onto the back of the diver. Uh-huh. But it's something that the diver can't get off and then it inflates. So the diver's just brought up to the surface and then it's up... That can kill you if you're coming from a deep enough depth, like the decompression whatnot. Is that what it's intended to do? Not necessarily. I mean, I can either confirm or deny this. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. Keep going. So it's brought up to the surface and then the dolphin, like a little snitch, goes off to the Navy. It's like, (gasps) got some dodgy person here, found one. Oh. And then the US come on their boat and then they decide friend or foe. Uh Okay. This is the scary part. Now, we're not saying... The U.S. Navy can neither confirm nor deny, but maybe some other navies that are using dolphins do this. Mm. But these are the ways you can um, get rid of an enemy diver uh-huh. in the water. Uh-huh. Okay, a grenade to the head. <gasps> is this something a whistleblower has? This is claimed? something a whistleblower said. A grenade to the head. Underwater assault rifles. <gasps> <laughs> Just like you were saying, Lizzie. Laser sharks. Laser. Bring in the laser sharks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What? Attached to their wings? Uh, to their Not, No, sorry. The dolph- no, no, wait. The dolphins aren't having the rifles. These are the people. The people. <gasps> okay. Okay, but how fabulous if the dolphins <laughs> didn't have <a> rifles. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, Scarface, the dolphin? Just like... <laughs> <laughs> Although the kind of the most method I never heard of of disposing of a diver is you, you get a, a net that's full of shark hooks. So shark hooks are huge. Mm. And you drive that net over the diver. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Oh, grim. <laughs> right. And this is, again, something a whistleblower has claimed. Something a whistleblower has claimed. Okay. Right. Mm. Yeah. Do you buy it? I do. Because they could make it look like an accident, right? Yeah, like, oh, I mean. That's kind of convenient. Yeah, the dolphin accidentally killed him. Did you? Whoops. Well, and here's the thing. If you think, oh, but I could maybe, why can't someone outswim a dolphin or outmaneuver them? So just to give you an idea, Michael Phelps, you all know who Michael Phelps is? Uh Yeah. He, He can swim like 
nine and a half kilometers per hour. So what is that? Six miles per hour. A bottlenose dolphin can do just under 30 kilometers an hour. Mm. So yeah, 18 miles an hour. Um, they weigh around to 150 to 200 kilos. Oh, really? In weight. So that's kind of what, about 331 to like 440 pounds. Mm. And then, they're, I mean, they're small but for a marine mammal, but they're also pretty big compared to a human. They're like kind of two to three, almost four meters in length. So what, six and a half to 12, almost 13 feet in length. So they're mm. pretty, you know, they can move very, very fast. So mm. you're not going to be diving and be like, oh, shit, there's bloody Trevor, the military dolphin, you know, you'll never catch me. Mm. <laughs> like Trevor's going to get you. Mm. Like, and he's going to get that thing on the back. Yeah, yeah, he's got that guy. And plus he's Trevor's got the echolocation. Territory. So yeah. if it's murky waters, Trevor will find you. Mm. Like, it's just crazy. And I mean, it's just scary as well how quick they can um, come at you. So there is a conspiracy that in the Vietnam War, Navy dolphins actually had needles. So in, instead of the thing that would attach onto the diver and float them up into the air, they had needles of compressed carbon dioxide gas mm. and they would inject that into the person. Can you paint a picture for us there so we can all so imagine you, it? Got, How? So you've got the the rostrum of which is it, it's of the dolphin. It looks like the big nose at the front. It's not nose. It's, mm. it's the rostrum, the big, the, mm. the big thing. Um, dolphin, they might have not right, there's muzzle almost thing around it, attached mm-hmm. to that as a needle, and the dolphin's trained just to jam. <gasps> into the body or into the tank? Into the body, I'm, Person's I'm body. thinking, yeah. Oh. Mm. And they can't tell friend or foe. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were like, Trevor, I'm just maintenance, I'm just, I'm just clipped. Wow. Yeah. They've also, whistleblowers said they've also been trained to remove the mouthpieces of the divers. So if a dolphin comes along and rips a mouthpiece, not just out of your mouth, but rips it off your tank, if you're too far down below. Who are there, do we know who these enemies are that are swimming, like the enemy divers that are swimming around? Like what are they there for? Like what are they trying to do? Yeah. I think it's um, people trying to destroy um either military bases in ports or, like, warships, mm-hmm. or, you know, some, some equipment that the military use in ports uh, coming along um, diving because, you know, you can be sneaky diving rather than arriving in a boat. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, doing some some stuff like destroying, uh, yeah, naval property. Uh-huh. Mm. Oh, I'm really on the fence. Do I think this was real did people see it or was it just imagination? Do you have more to tell us? I do. I do have a little bit more to tell you. And mm. I think, you know, we'll never know yet because it's all just hearsay. So currently, but this is this is what we do know. Currently in the US military, there's five marine mammal teams, okay? And um, they can be deployed. Any of those teams can be deployed in 72 hours. How many dolphins are in each group? Don't know exactly, but it's around 70 or so wow. in the entire naval team yeah yeah and dolphins live for you know a decent amount of time as well so now the thing is the military claim they no longer take dolphins from the wild that they're you know born in captivity so if you you know get a dolphin when it's a few years old weaned off its mother you should have a fairly you know lengthy career they're quite an investment the u.s navy spent 28 million so far on this marine mammal program Mm -hmm. so let's talk about russia (laughs) oh mr putin (laughs) 
Oh, goodness me. He's been up to some stuff the last few months. Naughty, naughty lad. Mm. Yeah, he um, he has recently got uh, five more dolphins. He went and bought five more uh-huh. from a, a Russian aquarium for the, the Russian uh, Navy. He was, for the Ukraine war, he was like, all yeah. right, we need dolphins. We need, we, we know this for a fact. We know this for a fact. Huh. Putin's like. On the public record. Yeah, right. on the public record. Uh-huh. Putin's like, there's videos of him scouting out these dolphins. He auditioned them himself. <laughs> he was feeding them fish. Stop. He was feeding them fish in this aquarium. They wanted, there was a specific thing. I think it was something like three males and two females. Some all the other way around. There was some ratio. And Putin was there. Going. Making sure they had the X Factor before he brought them on the team. He was like the Simon Cow. Yes, Dolph- putting together yeah. the Spice Girls and then the One Direction. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, and what have these mm. creatures been deployed to do? So these, these dolphins are there to protect Russia's most significant port, which is, um, excuse my pronunciation if I get this wrong, Savastopol which is in the Black Sea. Mm-hmm. So not that long ago, a Russian ship went down. I think Ukraine went and got that near the port. So Russia was like, dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> like, fool me once, <laughs> but fool me twice. <laughs> wow. So, okay. so these beef dolphins. security, bring in Flipper and Co. <laughs> bring in dolphins. Wow. So they were like, okay, we need to get dolphins to protect this port. Mm. Because this is too much now. Like, this is the people aren't doing the job. So the whole thing, whole thing of these dolphins are is to protect this very significant port uh-huh. um, and to do the, you know, diver, if there's a diver in the water, uh-huh. to potentially do the combat. Now, I think Russia's a bit more like, yeah, dolphins kill people than the US. Oh, to it. Yeah. But here's the thing, it, it's not just dolphins that Russia has now employed, it's um, also beluga whales. And you might have seen on the news back in 2019, that was a stray beluga whale was like in a little fishing town going to like fishermen like, woo, and it had a harness on. I think I did hear about mm. that. I used to do a community radio show and we used to obviously tell silly stories. And I feel like one of them, one of my co-hosts, brought that story. I think I remember that. Yeah. it was. So it showed up at a fishing port It just Russia. showed up and it was like showing to the fishermen. It was like, woo, I'm lovely, hello. And it had a harness on and a camera. In Russia. In, this was in Norway, it turned up. So here's ah. the thing. Russia, are, again. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> are deploying beluga whales as spies. <gasps> Ah. Oh. Right. And we're basing that solely on this one rando that showed up in Norway. I think they're a little bit others? open about it as well, Russia. I think Russia's a bit like, yeah, this is what we do. When the US are like, never. <laughs> I think Russia's like, yeah, we do that. You'd almost want to show it off a bit, wouldn't you? Well, and, and they claim as well they started training dolphins before the US for, you know, as a whole, uh-huh. whatever, whatever. Who, who did it first? Anyway, so a stray beluga was found in 2019 the harness on that translated as property of St. Petersburg, but had a camera attached to it. And beluga whales have been deployed as spies around that area as well. Mm. But the thing is, Russian went, not ours. So did someone plant the beluga whale? With- the fact that it said property of St. Yeah. Petersburg <laughs> suggests to me that at the very least they wanted people to think it was a plant. <laughs> 
Right, yeah. right, absolutely. And the thing, the difference between beluga whales and bottlenose dolphins, beluga whales can be in colder waters where bottlenose dolphins can't. Mm. And here's the thing, so a beluga can dive to about 700 metres. A submarine can only dive to 300 so they've got quite the advantage. Attach a little camera on them. But anyway, Russia de- denied it. They're like, it's not ours. No, no. It's ugh. it's just got a harness on that says it's ours, but it's not ours. So fishermen took the harness off and they, they got the beluga whale to follow them to another place. And now it hangs out with the local people. Get out. It just, so it just moved in. It just moved in. It just and this is home. and this is a thing like with marine mammals, it's it's often very hard, especially when they've you know if I've I've been taken from the wild as babies or they've been born in in captivity, it's very hard for them to then adjust into a pod. Mm-hmm. And you've got to think all their life, all they've known is is receiving dead fish from a person. Mm-hmm. So it's very tricky for them to be like, oh, off I go, off you know, I'm in the pod, born mm-hmm. free. So they hang around people, and that's what's blue. And he's still there now. And this is the thing they they called him. Val- or no, Valdemir. And it's a play because Val is like a uh, whale, I mm-hmm. think, in, in one of the, the Norwegian languages. And then Putin, they kind Vladimir. of named Yeah, Valdemir, mm. they named him after that. And, mm. and there he is. So Russia has openly said they have spy dolphins from whales and they will kill you. <laughs> did, we, did you say earlier that Russia had an existing dolphin army prior to Putin it buying did, these five ones? It did, yeah. So it had, it had, it just needed more. Mm. Like the war is on. Mm. It needed to get more troops on. So Russia has um, beluga whales, dolphins and seals uh-huh. just because of colder temperatures mm-hmm. and they do similar jobs as well. Are all the dolphins at that port of Sebastopol or are they kind of all along the border? So they're, they're spread out mm. but there's a lot of them around that particular port and they have floating sea pens as well. So you can see like drone footage of where the sea pens, like suddenly when the Ukraine war was happening, they were, dolphins were moved more to like the, the key areas that they needed protecting. But apparently they needed more bodyguards. And they got them from the aquarium. They went and recruited them. So how quickly can they train a dolphin well, to I mean, take on those tasks? It takes years. Okay. Like it really it would take years to do a pro- I think the difference, okay, Training them to detect mines and specific objects would take much would take, I'm assuming, much longer than teaching them to um, detect enemies. You've got to think like dolphins, just like all mammals, can be territorial. Mm. So it's not too difficult to teach them just like, hey, when you see this person, come and let me know, mm-hmm. or jab it with some compressed gas, if that's apparently what you do. But yeah, it's it's I imagine that'd be a, a quicker thing to train. And it would to, to train a dolphin, be like, hey, you've got to tell me if this is a mine, where it is, you've got to plant this down and stuff like that. Uh-huh. These dolphins aren't tethered as well, by the way. So it's unlike, you know, I mentioned the rats, which are kind of on little, they've got harnesses, mm-hmm. but those harnesses carry equipment like cameras. Mm-hmm. So they can do a bit of surveillance as mm-hmm. well and carry things down, but they're, they're not on leads. However, I will, there's other, there's other things that they've got on them, which may suggest that they can't go swimming free. Uh-huh. But I don't know if we should go down that path. Do you want to keep it fluffy-ish? Let's hear the dark stuff. This has not been confirmed, but this is just... Uh, when I was doing this research, I was, I was already aware of um, dolphins doing this, and I was like, but how... <sighs> they could just swim off if they wanted to. And dolphins have. Like the dolphins, the two dolphins that were um, deployed to Iraq, to find mines, one of them swam off. It's like, how do you, you know, you've invested many years in training, many, you know, millions of dollars. 
caring for his animals a big investment. You know, how do you stop it from swimming off? And my mm. first thought was they must muzzle it to to stop it getting food because mm-hmm. if you can't get food, then you have mm-hmm. to come back to get the muzzle off and mm-hmm. get food. Mm-hmm. It, the videos and photos that I've seen don't really show muzzles as such, but there's some which look like there's something, again, please correct me if, if I'm talking nonsense here, mm. but it looks like some of them have some form mm. of of muzzle on there. So it's, it's I suppose, a way of, of kind of being like, well, yeah, you do this task, mm-hmm. you come up, come back onto the boat, we unclip your muzzle, you get your food, mm-hmm. off you go. Um, I think that opens up a whole can of worms. Is, is it ethical to use? I mean, again, we could go on. This is like a whole, mm. like, is it ethical? You know, can we use rats that are harnessed and tethered, but we can't use dolphins? Mm. It opens up a whole can of worms. You know, should we be exploiting these animals to do this work? You know, yeah. uh, we don't have the technology to do it, but should we ask these animals to fight our wars? Oh, that is where my brain has been going throughout this whole it's, thing. It's, that it's a hard, just like, yeah. oh, do I feel really bad for these dolphins? I think I might. Mm. Like, this is not the way that nature intended for them to be spending their lives. Ab- absolutely, absolutely. And it's one of the things as, a, as an animal trainer that, yeah, but for choices that you make where you just go, well, is this the best thing for the animal? And uh, my work consists of, um, as I admit, getting animals to to have as, as stress-free, stress-free lives as possible in human care. So taking partner in healthcare, um, people's pets, you know, dealing with their anxiety and stuff like that. When it comes to, I suppose, utilizing the natural skills of an animal to assist humans in pretty much the shit show we've created, mm. Is that the right thing to do? Now, what I would like to see though is dolphins, which are maybe fighting, you know, fishermen, corporations, which are doing terrible things to the ocean, mm. like trolling and stuff like that. I'm like, maybe we'll get the sea creatures to fight back. Mm. Maybe, you know, kind of. <laughs> I think that they're all smart enough that eventually they're going to fight back anyway of their own volition. Like one mm. of these days, I feel like they're just going to get sick of all humans' yeah. bullshit. Yeah. And be like, all right, it's our time now. Oh, I hope so. Shark Nado will come true. Oh, mate, absolutely. <laughs> they have their revenge. It's, yeah, like you said, Jacob, it's like, am I comfortable with this? Am I not? So I think mm. just for the purpose of this story, let's just admire their intelligence and their capabilities and that with all the money and technology, the world will still not be able to create mm. anything that's quite like the dolphin. So, also, you said the dolphins are assholes and so they're oh, probably enjoying, you know, the opportunity to get involved in some of this do you reckon they're those people? Yeah. Do I just like hold my hoops? Yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> Drama? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. But it definitely, yeah, there's there's a lot to talk about in the whole ethical um, part of it. But I think for this story, let's just admire that we as humans who claim we're the superior species mm. can still not match these animals. Mm. So kudos to dolphins. You're bloody mm. amazing and we need to respect them for that. Mm. And they are making a difference and unfortunately it's, it's you know, we just haven't got the technology to to match them. But I'm sure when we do, dolphins retire. Because otherwise they're coming for us. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I always, I mean, one of, I really, I, it's a joke. I used to train a, um, a saltwater crocodile. He was huge. He was like kind of a four and a half metre saltwater croc. And, um, I always used to joke, people say, oh, you know, is he bonded to you? Hell no. I reckon he'd give me like a three-second start compared to the other people. You know, I reckon he'd be like, Emma, you you know, you're grand. Off you go. One, two, three, boom, I'm coming at you. But it's just, and that, that's my job. My job is to connect people and animals. And if you work with them and not against them and just, you know, look after their environment and look after nature. The only reason why I went vegetarian was because when I started working marine life and I was like, ah, 
Ah, the, the ocean, damn it, we need to look after this. And I mm-hmm. bloody loved calamari. <laughs> <laughs> and just, yeah, we've got to respect it. And so that's a good way to segue into talking a little bit about the work that you're currently doing, yes. working with individuals, um, yes. pet owners. Yeah. Um, so you obviously use that exact approach when it comes to helping yeah. to improve or change the behaviours yeah. of animals that are maybe a bit problematic. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, COVID, everyone got a pet. Um, obviously, wasn't able to travel, so I was doing a lot of consultations on on Zoom and and online. But obviously, anyone's like, God, God, we need that masturbating animal expert over. You know, I'll come on over to your country. <laughs> I can do more than masturbating stuff. But it is so a lot of my work. Well, consulting for for zoos, aquariums, people's pets. Obviously, the stand up as well, trying to bring people closer uh, to animals through that. So, I mean. I don't have anything as such as a show to plug, but just follow me on the old socials and um, get in touch if you need help with your animal mm-hmm. or have any questions, and I'll be more than happy to help. Terrific. We'll make sure all the details are in the show notes, of course, and it's at Emma Malik Comedian. Uh, Emma.Malik.Comedian. Okay, terrific. Emma Malik, thank you so much for coming on board and educating us about that. Lindsay and I were so curious when you put that out there to us, um, just the words military trained dolphins. We were like, oh, this is something we want to hear about. So that was really, really fascinating. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you to the listeners for giving me a chance and telling a story. So thank you. And I'm sure a lot of them will be getting in touch with you, um, whether they've got pets that they need maybe a little bit of help with um, or they'll be popping along to your shows in the future. Um, We'll see you again sometime soon, I'm sure. Thank you. Cheers. See ya.